Truth is, I am Iron Man. I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. What is going on? What are you doing? To infinity and beyond! This is the way. The flux capacitor! Was Star Wars the one with the little wizard boy? Chewie, we're home. Avengers! Assemble. Ah, oh, chills. Literal chills. Hello, fellow fans. To United We Fan, the podcast. United with me is my co-host, The Bracing Brian. What up, Brian? Hey, everyone. On the last episode, Brian and I discussed all three seasons of the hit show, Cobra Kai. On this week's episode, we'll be discussing some of our favorite Adam Sandler and Will Ferrell movies. But first, thank you all for uniting with us as we talk about all things fandom please give us a rate or review wherever you listen so we can unite with more fans out there uwf is partnered up with ckcc radio they have a large variety of podcasts on their channel including jeff's ranking tracks i checked out his recent one where he ranked Alanis morissette's jagged little pill and i still really like that album and i hope to see the musical one day brian any Alanis Morissette love from you? Uh, I no. don't know who she is. Isn't that ironic? <sighs> Anyways, <laughs> check us all out wherever you listen to your podcasts. And thank you for everyone who stayed to tune in after that joke. <laughs> Speaking of thank yous. Some fan thank yous, Piano Man Rob. If you don't know Piano Man Rob, please check out his social media. He's a wonderful dueling piano player, so please support your local artists. He gave us some love for our Cobra Kai episode. So did Jeff from Ranking Tracks. We appreciate the kind words from both of you. In Mark and Brian's world news, let's see what's going on out there in fandom world. Marvel has a... Disney Plus series out. Nope, nope, not WandaVision. That other one, Marvel Legends. And we got our two episodes just in time for WandaVision with focus on Wanda and Vision. So, Brian, I at first I had little mixed reviews when I started watching the WandaVision one. It, I was like, okay, it's a clip highlight episode sum up of the character it wasn't really what i expected it to be i don't know maybe i thought they would kind of also go into the comic book origins of the character but then the last couple of minutes when it did her story and it even showed like the um end game aspect i was like okay they got me the last couple of minutes marvel knew what they were doing but how how are you feeling about marvel legends yeah, I mean, it was seven or eight minutes of of clips I've seen dozens and dozens of times um, yeah. in in actual context. The important thing to remember is these Marvel Legends; they're not made for, they're not made for you and me. Like they're oh. they're just. I'm sorry, um, but yeah. they they're just they're not for us. They're for the the casual fan who has seen each of these movies once or twice and and need a reminder yeah. as to who everybody is going in. I don't think they want to introduce a lot of the comic book origin stuff just because a i think they could be doing something like that with a marvel 616 type documentary series another time Mm -hmm. but b i don't know if they want to give all that away if they go into wanda's comic book origins a lot of that is being fleshed out throughout wandavision and 
I mean, and they're changing a lot of it, obviously, but these, these legends are, are what, what I guess I kind of expected, um, more of a reintroduction to who these characters are. Like you said, that end game stuff. I love the vision one when they take that, that conversation that vision has with Ultron. But a thing isn't beautiful because it lasts. It's a privilege to be among them. You're unbearably naive. Well, I was born yesterday. That is a powerful set of dialogue. So there's there's some good stuff in it, but again, there I didn't learn anything new, but I didn't expect to. I definitely liked the Vision one a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> I forgot how funny that line in Ultron was when, who is it, Iron Man and Thor are talking. I get first crack at the big guy. Iron Man's the one he's waiting for. That's true. He hates you the most. It was such a good line. But, I mean, check them out, definitely. Like you said, we've seen all these clips. We've seen them probably more than we can count. But it was still a good watch. But the the music nerd in me, I was excited. I'm like, Marvel Legends, what a great title. Maybe they'll have a fun intro. And then I remember watching the intro with the music, and it was just kind of a generic music Marvel tune. And I was like, Marr. Okay, because like Marvel six one six has some repurposed. Like I, I didn't, I didn't hate it. It was repurposed Marvel Studios music. Well, like if you watch the Marvel six one six intro, oh, so good. Uh, WandaVision intros, ah, so good. Agents of Shield, they got some good music. You know, like Marvel Television has some good intros. So I, I made, I might have set my sights a little too high for Marvel Legend intro music. But speaking of WandaVision, we are at this time three episodes in. And some of you fanboys are not being patient and hoping that it kicks it up a notch. But as for me, I'm enjoying every episode. I'm loving the intrigue. As a huge I Love Lucy fan, I loved the first two episodes especially. I hope those who aren't appreciating it just yet, maybe when they have the big picture with all the episodes out, will go back, rewatch, and be like, oh, yeah, that wasn't... It wasn't as slow as I thought. I like it. Marvel, keep it up. I'm enjoying WandaVision. Oh man, it's so it's so good. It's so good. There's I love everything about it. Like you said, Mark, there's there's, there's been nothing that I haven't loved. The intrigue, they're peeling back the mystery one layer at a time. Oh man, like I cannot wait to know exactly what's going on, know the whole picture, and then go back and rewatch the show and find all these clues and stuff that we just had no idea were right under our nose the whole time, man. I can't wait. Well, let me ask you this, because I know one of the big things is, should they have released every episode all at once for us marathoners, or they're doing the whole, you know, Mandalorian or normal TV, one episode a week? Brian, which side of the fence are you on? I am very much team weekly release. The end of episode three with Wanda and just the acting performance by Elizabeth Olsen from going from sitcom dialogue to her Sokovian accent to being the protective mama bear was Emmy worthy. And I think that if we had seen all nine episodes at the same time, I, I don't think as many people would show as much appreciation for how impressive of an acting performance that that was from Elizabeth Olsen and just how perfect it was from a production standpoint in that episode yeah and for all of our listeners out there i guess we 
should have gone with a spoiler warning because Brian and I are really excited about this show. So hopefully you all have kept up to date and we didn't spoil anything with what did I spoil? Oh, and you were like the protective mama bear. Nah, that's in the trailers. That's true. You're right. Good call. But bravo to Olsen and um, Bettany. Like, I think they're acting. You can tell they're having so much fun with these characters and they're getting to do things they didn't get to do in the movies. And oh, way to bring up the accents. Everyone is they're getting ahead of themselves getting on her. Where's her Sokovia accent? Why is she American? People She's just trying to fit in. Stop. Take a second and just go with it. Trust in Kevin. Kevin knows what he's doing with Marvel. Just trust Kevin. It, it'll be fine. And speaking of Marvel, for all of our Orlando listeners out there, please go to Epcot. Check out Tim Rogerson. He's a Marvel artist, Disney artist, does great stuff. I bought some art from Brian. You and I <laughs> were two minds. We brought actually bought the same artwork from him where it's the Marvel characters that Stan Lee helped create standing around a typewriter and uh, just pulls at the heartstring. Enough said. But yeah, if you get a chance, check out Epcot's Festival of the Arts, one to support local artists, but also check out Tim Rogerson if you can. And then for all you Marvel fans out there, brace yourself. I'm going to the DC world now. There's some traction going on right now over at HBO Max with Batman, the animated series, coming back for more. Now, they're calling it Batman, the animated series, the sequel. I I don't think I'm going to call it the sequel. I'll just call it the Batman animated series continuation. I'm a huge fan of the Batman animated series. I own them. I even liked the... Batman Beyond. Oh, I love Batman Beyond. So the nerd in me is super excited and hoping this is true. And I think with it being an animated series, they brought up an excellent point that it's okay that it's been a long time since we stopped. It's animated. We can make it fit in seamlessly. So I'm all aboard. Brian, will you be taking a trip to Gotham? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I don't put Batman Beyond on, on the same level as Batman the Animated Series personally. Um, I much prefer Batman the Animated Series, but with Conroy on board and as long as Mark Hamill comes on board, between those two, you can make any show any show that you need to. Like, I don't think there's any way they do this without Kevin Conroy on board. If somehow they are and he's not doing it, then uh, then no thanks. But, but Kevin Conroy, yeah, I'm absolutely in on that. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I, I think I actually believe this. I think now if you were to be like, Mark, do you want to watch Batman the Animated Series or Batman Beyond? I'm going to give the slight personal edge to Batman Beyond. I I enjoy Batman Beyond more than Batman the Animated Series. When I say that, to me, that's like a difference of a 10.1 and a 10. So before anyone gets on me too harshly, I'm going to say that from an enjoyment point of view, I enjoy Batman Beyond more. But I think quality-wise, Batman the Animated Series is best all-around series compared to the two. With its return, my biggest hesitation, I hope they don't do what DC has a tendency to do right now and make it for the adults or whatever. Like, keep the show uh, the same. Keep the show the same as it is. I don't need it marketed for a mid-30s person. Like, let it be the same show that I've always watched that I can still enjoy 
in my mid thirties and my eight year old can also enjoy it. Like I, DC has this tendency to, to be playing for the grown up crowd, Mr. Zack Snyder. But I, I just, (laughs) I, I just keep the series the same that it's always been. Yeah. I mean, it definitely works for the Harley Quinn series. Like it's great for that. So I'm with you on that. I hope they don't age it too much. I did finally get to watch Superman Red Sun. That is one of my favorite graphic novels and the animated movie. I enjoyed it quite a bit. DC hasn't had the best luck with adapting some of my favorite storylines. So I was very happy with Red Sun. Let's see. And a preview just dropped today as we're recording this episode uh, a little earlier. Godzilla vs. King Kong. The full trailer. I know we've been getting a lot of still still photos lately. And you see like the photo of Kong punching Godzilla in the face. So now we get the trailer so we can actually see it happening. And uh, just such a good trailer. I hope. I can't wait to see it on the big screen. I know it's going to HBO. But this is a movie that will remind you why these two giants need to be seen on the big screen. I don't expect this movie to be my favorite movie of all time. Let's put it that way. Um, I much prefer uh, Kong Skull Island over Godzilla King of Monsters. Um, The way they painted this particular trailer went against everything they did in a lot of their teaser trailers for the trailer kind of deal. They made it look like Kong was kind of the bad guy, but in this in this particular trailer, trailer it sure seems like Kong's the good yeah. guy. Um, yep. So I mean, that's going to be fun, where you kind of get a team Cap, team Iron Man feeling going on in the theater. But I'm I'm team Kong personally, Mark. How about you? I I know they said something kind of to let you know, like Godzilla's not a bad guy. And I say Zangief, you are bad guy, but this does not mean you're bad guy. It was something like they can't figure out what's wrong with him. And so I'm sure we'll get further details. Hopefully they didn't just said, hey, yeah, Godzilla woke up one day and was like, yeah, tired <laughs> of defending you. I'm going to be the bad guy. <laughs> I, I'm with you as far as Skull Island. I really enjoyed it. Tom Hiddleston, Brie Larson, Sam Jackson. That was, for me, more enjoyable than, you know what, I'll go ahead and say it, more enjoyable than the two recent Godzilla flicks. Heck, I still love the Peter Jackson King Kong flick. So as far as movies go, Kong is kind of winning for me. And which team am I on? If you had asked Kid Mark, I would have been like, oh, my God, Godzilla all the way. But I think grown up Mark, I'm, I'm going to go King Kong. I love King Kong. Yes. So, You I heard it here, you I heard even, it here first. United We Fan backs Team Kong. I will even go as far as to say I enjoy riding the King Kong ride at Universal Orlando. Is Whoa, it the best ride out there? Away. No, calm down. But I I have fun with it for what it is. I enjoy it. It's a lot better than Fast and Furious. Hey oh. Anyways. The release date was so. moved up for this movie. Comes out March 26th. Like Mark said, it's going to be in theaters. Go check it out in theaters where it's safe if you're comfortable. It will be on yeah. HBO Max for 31 days as well at that time. And it really does improve and help a movie. I know Wonder Woman is getting mixed to lukewarm reviews, but I definitely enjoyed the movie experience with it, seeing it in theaters in Dolby, as opposed to watching it on the smaller screen. It improved it. 
didn't improve the quality of the film, but it I enjoyed it more. I guess I'll put it that way. So, yeah, like Brian said, if you're comfortable and you feel safe and you can, go check it out in theaters. Real, real quick, one thing I want to say about this one is I hope they didn't give us all the good shots of, of Kong and Godzilla in the trailer. I hope we don't oh. spend most of the film of them being masked by smoke and stuff yeah. like that. We got a lot of really good shots in this trailer. I hope we just didn't get all the good shots. I, I'm i with you there. I know they showed a lot of the... like. It looks like the introduction of the two characters at sea. They showed a lot of that battle. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of hoping they gave just most of it away with that and not the rest. But That's very good point and hope. See, and Mark and Brian's World Polls, where Brian and I do our fun little... I have my playoff one. Brian, you do your Mount Rushmore's. My recent playoff one was finding out my friend's favorite Pixar films. And this one got very passionate I have been told recently that Cars is extremely underrated and people enjoy the first Cars movie quite a bit. So I thought maybe that would do well. It didn't make it out of the first round, if I remember correctly. And then I was quite surprised how well Inside Out did. I didn't realize that was in so many people's top five. And then I was really happy with how much love Wally got because I know some people are starting to forget about Wally. Please don't sleep on Wally. It's such a good movie. But winners coming in fourth place was Inside Out, losing by nine votes to a very surprising third place to me, Ratatouille. I love Ratatouille, so I'm glad it made it as far as it did. So third place, Ratatouille. Coming in second place by a difference of only three votes. So don't ever have someone say your votes don't matter. They do. Coming in second place by three votes. The original, the one that started it all, Toy Story. And then coming in first place, drum row please, and envelope. Monsters, Inc. First place. Congratulations to Monsters, Inc. Brian, I'm going to... Let's let's hear Brian's Mount Rushmore since I named the top four. Go for it, Brian. Uh, I do not... I, I mean, nobody likes a good dinosaur. That's fine. I do not like, I, I don't get the hype around Ratatouille. I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. I really don't care for Wally. I'm, <sighs> I'm just going to say that. And, uh, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to say that my Mount Rushmore of Pixar movies, uh, Toy Story, Coco, Inside Out, and tie between Monsters, Inc. and Toy Story 2. So let's go with Monsters, Inc. to to mix it up a little bit. Ah, Coco is so good. And Ratatouille, I hadn't watched it in a while, and I watched it a couple of months ago, and it's just gotten better with me over time. Ah, Brian, you've just cut me so deep with your words. Um, For my Mount Rushmore, I'm going to go Monsters, Inc., Toy Story, The Incredibles, and Wally. So that'll be my top four for Pixar. Hopefully, mm-hmm. Mark over at. Did you just. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Wow. Anyways, we need to get to Pixar soon. We we need to get yeah. to Pixar soon. And hopefully, Mark at This Diz Life podcast. Check him out. Check out that channel. Check out the Diz Life podcast family. So much good stuff there. Hopefully, that family doesn't come down too hard on Brian or mine selections. I mean, if you guys want to come down on Brian's selections and opinion, that's fine, but hopefully you take it kinder on me. <laughs> so, Speaking of 
Rushmore's starting something new since Brian likes to think quick on his feet and I like to challenge Brian. I will be starting a new randomness called Random Rushmore. The game where everything's made up and the points don't matter. Where I will throw away Rushmore out to Brian and he's got to do it this episode without any prepping. So stay tuned. Also starting something new. We're going to do Mark and Brian's episode Hot Take. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Brian, take it away. Let's see what you're going to get our listeners riled up with. I'm going to stick with it. I think Wally is the most overrated Pixar film that is out there. I don't understand the intrigue. Uh, I the, the animation is beautiful, especially in that scene with Wally and Eve in space with the fire hydrant. It's gorgeous to look at. I do not enjoy. I think it's very slow. I think it's more interested in being social commentary than it is being a emotionally powerful movie. Oh, Brian. Brian. I stand by it. Ah, gross. All right. Well, you know what? Let's see. I don't think I'll reach. You know what? I feel like I'm my hot takes going to reach more people than yours did with me. But <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go with. Um, you know what? Yeah, I'll go with this one. We have Doom Patrol. We have the Umbrella Academy. I prefer Doom Patrol. And I know a lot of people love the Umbrella Academy. I'm not saying it's a bad show, but Doom Patrol, I enjoy a lot more. Yeah. I'll go now, with that. What puts you, what has you put the, putting them in the same category? Simply superheroes? I think it's the superheroes slash you have the disorganized, not happy-go-lucky family full, and they're full of misfits. I just, am I alone on this that I get a pairing of those two? Like, I think it fits quite well for like a double feature is Doom Patrol and Umbrella Academy. Am I alone on that? Um, and no, I guess I can, I can see it that way. Now I'm, I'm armed with not having seen all of Doom Patrol. So that's, that's part of it too. Um, I, I, I'm team Umbrella Academy from what I've seen of Doom Patrol, but I, I guess I can see what you're, what you're saying now. I just, they're just so different when you view them back to back, but I guess I wasn't viewing them in that prism. I always do that randomness. Like with, a. I'll think of like what usually with movies, like what would be a good double feature? Like I say, for example, Rocketeer and Dick Tracy. I throw that double feature out all the time for all the guilty pleasure noir type ones. I throw out and watch the shadow and the phantom. So every once in a while, I'll think of a double feature. But for all the listeners out there, please let us know your opinions on our hot takes. And if there's a hot take you have that you'd like to know our thoughts on, we would love to hear them. Feeling now it's time to talk some Will Ferrell and Adam Sandler for this episode. How it's going to go is Brian gets to talk his favorite Sandler. I get to talk my favorite Ferrell. Then we're going to talk about one more Sandler, one more Ferrell flick. It's not so much that Brian and I love one or the other more. It's just we just wanted to divvy it up. And that's who the other person. We had a draft. You know what? We'll go with that. We had a draft. And I, with my first overall selection, I took Ferrell and Brian, with his first overall selection, took Sandler. So, Brian, you get to start us off first with Adam Sandler. And, you know what, let's keep the trend going. Brian, what's your Adam Sandler Rushmore? My favorite four films um, from Adam Sandler would be uh, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, 
Big Daddy. Uh, I love Big Daddy so much. Um, I have a Scuba Steve's uh, shirt that I wear every so often. <laughs> and don't tell a soul about the Scuba Squad, because then everybody's going to want to join. And one more thing, be nice to the delivery guy, would you? It's not his fault he can't read. With the exception of how it makes me just feel dirty and squirmy, I really like Uncut Gems. I think that movie, I think that movie's insane, but like I said, it makes me just feel dirty and grimy. So I don't think I can put it on my final four. I thought about Waterboy. I thought about Mr. Deeds, uh, but I think my fourth would be The Wedding Singer. Oh, wow, people. Oh, man. Sound the horn, sound the bells. (laughs) Brian and I's Mount Rushmore lines up. I go with The Wedding Singer, Big Daddy, Happy Gilmore, and Billy Madison as well. And Brian might be caught off a little guard because I had 50 first dates in there over Billy Madison. But then just kind of hearing Brian talk about it and then just remembering the film and then rewatching it, it still made me laugh. Now, don't get me wrong. 50 first dates, you're number five easily. But yeah, I'll go with uh, the same Mount Rushmore for sure. And speaking of Billy Madison, Brian, this is your film from Sandler. Let's hear it. Yeah, so this is my favorite Adam Sandler movie. I just think from a quotable standpoint and just how it's it's held up in the relative uh, grand scheme of Adam Sandler's work, uh, just the entire premise of it. I will say that my favorite scene is when he's sitting on the chair in his dad's office and he goes, actually, this shirt belongs to Frank. And he lifts up the shirt and it says Frank on the inside of it. Like, I love that part so much. But the penguin, when he's taking the bath and the golden swan is overlooking him. Stop looking at me, swan. Chris Farley is the bus driver. O'Doyle rules. Just, I can go on and on about this film. And who hasn't, every August, said, back to school, back to school. (laughs) So, I mean, just from a quotable standpoint, I... I love this film so much. I am surprised that you didn't say what my favorite part. It's when they're having the the brain off debate and (laughs) Billy Madison answers the question. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. God have mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine, but... Uh... I thought of so many like work feedback sessions where <laughs> somebody just gave a performance review of me, and I was like, a simple doesn't meet expectations would have been just fine, <laughs> I think, but... <laughs> That is definitely one of my favorite parts that makes me laugh every time still. Just his friends, Norm MacDonald, the fact that his elementary school principal is the revolting blob. Just it's all so ludicrous. And I I just when they go to the when they go to the field trip and the teacher's like, who would steal 30 bags of lunches? And it cuts to all his friends and Chris Farley. They're all eating all the (laughs) all the lunches and. And Ernie pees his pants. And- hey, look, everybody. Billy peed his pants. Of course I peed my pants. Everybody my age pees their pants. It's the coolest. Really? Yes! You ain't cool unless you pee your pants. Wow. 
Hey man, Ernie pees pants too. Alright. If peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. Oh, that was the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. Let's go! It's hilarious. I like Bradley Whitford, who's usually a more serious actor. He is in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nine-Nine! As Jake's dad. I think he is funny as the annoying um, jerk guy who wants to run the business. So I like him in it. And then Steve Buscemi, thank you for saving Billy there at the end. He's really <laughs> glad he thanked you. <laughs> Boy, am I glad I called that guy. <laughs> it's all, it's all, it's all ludicrous, man. It, I love yeah. Crazy Carl too, when Crazy Carl imitates Eric's laugh. But man, think about Bradley Whitford and the range that that guy has. Like you said, he's Jake Peralta's dad on Nine Nine. But he's yeah. in Get Out and just everything that guy does, like happening in the woods. Taking, yeah. Oh yeah, his his career's taking quite the uh, quite the trajectory. I will admit, younger me did have a crush on the teacher Veronica Vaughn. So so yeah. hot. <laughs> you know, are are some of the jokes dated? You'll find that with a lot of the films we're going to talk about. Some of the jokes are dated. But I don't think in a bad way at all. They're still very funny. Adam Sandler, you definitely get to see hilarious younger Adam Sandler being, you know, young Adam Sandler. I, Brian, I am still shocked talking about younger going to mature Adam Sandler. Really, uncut gems in your Mount Rushmore. I know, everyone, I'm going to pump the brakes and come back to it. But uncut gems, yeah? It's so good, man. Like, have it's, you seen it? Don't, yeah, don't get me wrong. It is, but when it's an experience. Goes, oh, when it's dirty. whenever if someone did like it was one of those 30 days of movies and they're like, what's one movie that just made you so uncomfortable? I I was uncomfortable during that movie, not by like so much the content, just Adam Sandler's behaviors. Um, some of his actions, decision-making, and then, oh my gosh, I'm not going to spoil it, but that ending will blow your mind. Yep, yep, and I will and, never forget watching that movie, and that's why I would put it up there for as a performance of his. I, I am shame on you, Academy, for not nominating him. He, not only should he have been talked about for Best Actor, but he should have easily have gotten a nomination without question and i don't know if it's just because it's adam sandler or what just like how the academy couldn't get over jim carrey like he should have been nominated for it and when the credits rolled (laughs) i had to walk out of that theater i had seen it at uh, disney springs i walked around just took in some disney just so i could recover from that (laughs) movie i needed it one more one more shame on you academy for not nominating him but anyways it's exactly the name that's the only reason i'm with you yeah just when you think jim carrey wasn't nominated for like truman show man on the moon eternal sunshine adam sandler wasn't nominated for uncut gems maybe punch drunk love you could talk about his performance in that i just the academy sometimes just needs to forget the name and remember it's based on the performance but anyways, back to Billy Madison. Back to school. Back to school. 
to prove to Dad that I'm not a fool. I got my lunch packed up, my boots tied tight. I hope I don't get in a fight. Billy Madison still makes me laugh. The movie came out in 1995, and oh god, I feel like there's kids out there listening who'd be like, "Oh my god, 1995! It's a classic." <laughs> Why did you walk yourself into that, man? I'm gonna own it. I'm gonna own the joke. I will. <laughs> On IMDb, it is 6.4, and yeah. I I think that's I think that's a hair low than what I was expecting it to be. But then again, when you watch the jokes, you go, all right, maybe 6.4. I can kind of understand why it's there. Critics especially, nobody wants to admit when they enjoy an Adam Sandler film. I, I genuinely, I mean, that, that that stereotype may not have been back around back in 1995. But I mean, yeah. I could see why critics don't like it, but I think that's what makes it so endearing to me. But the banana peel, like they just cut to the banana peel every few minutes. It's, man, I mean, uh, the poor O'Doyle family. Be nice to everybody, kids. And then when um, the jerk guy, Eric Gordon's playing the violin and showing off. We can all relate to that um, friend or significant other that just shines so much, and they went. It's fine. What Miss Lippy? Thank you very much, Miss Lippy. That teacher that everyone just loves, but maybe isn't the best teacher. But you know, she just cares about the kids so much and them staying creative and free spirited. I do like the meme that came out of this movie is when they talk about whatever, when, when, I mean, it's going to be me this summer when Space Jam 2 comes out where it's going to be a bunch of kids sitting around and then you've got Billy sitting in the middle of everybody listening to the puppy who lost his way. Brian, you know what's coming up next month? Valentine's Day. And I'm going to segue to it by saying, <laughs> don't, don't, don't be the principal and give a creepy Valentine to someone. <laughs> But when he's like nodding his head and smiling, <laughs> and Adam Sandler just like <laughs> waves at him, <laughs> it still makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Brian and I did bring up together Big Daddy. That one I think still holds up, and you see Adam Sandler walking that fine line of serious and comedy. And when he loses the kid, and you get to see Adam Sandler. He doesn't go too heavy series. He doesn't go uncut gems, Adam Sandler, but I think he does a great job balancing it. Now, I will admit there are some jokes in Big Daddy that are dated, but what? I don't think it's in an offensive, upsetting way. Sonny, that's what I was trying to tell you before. I found someone. This old guy? Sid. He's already achieved so much, and yet he's still goal-oriented and still focused. And he has a five-year plan. What is it? Don't die? The Wedding Singer, I want to mention this one. I love the music. I think it was a great romantic comedy from Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. And actually, you know what? All of their romantic comedy team-ups, I think, are pretty good. So check that out. The Wedding Singer, It's I wouldn't call it a chick flick. I would definitely go with a good, solid romantic comedy. Shout out to The Wedding Singer. 
the wedding singer is great and i constantly just wander around and think to myself julia gulia and that just sticks in my head for some reason but i when someone you know there's been a lot of situations where very public figures have maybe not given the best interview or speech or something and i'll just be like He's losing his mind. <laughs> and I'm reaping all the benefits. Shout out to you, John Lovitz. Still hilarious. Best so. Steve Buscemi character in an Adam Sandler movie. Go. I am all in with um, Crazy Eyes and Mr. Deeds. Crazy Eyes. What? Hey, Eats. How you doing, pal? I got your pizza for you just the way you like it. Oh, yes. French fries and Oreos. You know me all too well, Deeds. What are you in for? I'm doing a one-nighter for biting Ed the Mailman. Guy was trying to cast a spell on me, you know, like a wizard or something. Are you sure about that? I don't know. Maybe he was just waving. You know what? I'm going to go from grown-ups. Hey, 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 come on. I just... And it pops into my mind with the the not practical at all water zip line. You're an animal. Yeah. yeah. I'm an animal. Yeah. <laughs> when they make him do it, I I might go I might go with grown-ups. I don't love grown-ups. I know I know you considered that for your top 4. I don't I don't love it. I considered it, but then I was like, you know what? I'm that's not going to be in my top 5. That will be on the list of guilty pleasures that I understand why people don't. I understand why people will just eye roll when I say grown-ups. And I will totally get it and understand it. I won't say you're wrong. Just like if, like, say you didn't like the movie WALL-E, I wouldn't say, I would say you're horribly wrong and misguided. But grown-ups, I understand if someone were to say they just don't get it, like Ben White says. Now it's time for me to talk about some Will Ferrell. I, for me, you know, we talked about Elf on our Christmas episode. He's got a lot of good ones out there. I thought about Stranger Than Fiction, maybe bringing that movie up just so that it could got some love. But I I have to talk about the other guys. Sitting on IMDb at 6.6, I think that's, you know, it's pretty good. It's an hilarious buddy cop film with Mark Wahlberg. But you know what? Since I made Brian give me his Mount Rushmore for Sandler, I got to do Will Ferrell Mount Rushmore. For me, the other guys is on there. Elf, like I said, we covered that on a Christmas episode. So scroll back, check that one out. Talladega Nights. There's a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. Still makes me laugh. People still quote it. And, you know, I, I feel like whenever there's a racing i think even for a daytona 500 commercial i saw ricky bobby pop up in there and then like i said stranger than fiction was originally going to be on my mount rushmore but sneaking in there last minute step brothers that'll be my number four brian you got a wolf arrow rushmore uh i cannot believe you didn't have anchorman even mentioned anchorman is my number one will ferrell movie always will be agree to disagree Talladega Nights is also on mine. Elf is on mine. Uh, shout outs to, he's not the main character in either one, so I don't qualify them as Will Ferrell movies, but Old School and Wedding Crashers. Hey, Mom! The meatloaf! 
The meatloaf! Um, yep. Those are both great Will Ferrell performances. Uh, but my fourth one, I love him as Mugatu in Zoolander. Hansel. So hot right now. Hansel. I will try to give Zoolander another chance. It never really hit with me. The second one hit. Oh, the second one was no good. I, I get same, that. Same with Anchorman. I, man, I watched, they released two versions of Anchorman 2. And, oh, man, I just remember going, oh, God, I'm only halfway through this movie. It just didn't hit with me at all. Now, don't get me wrong. Anchorman I guess, yeah, wow, it wouldn't even be in my top five. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It doesn't hold up. I think Paul Rudd, Steve Carell, the whole crew, like, the movie is hilarious. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? Yeah, I stabbed a man in the heart. I saw that. Brick killed a guy. Did you throw a trident? Yeah, there were horses and a man on fire, and I killed a guy with a trident. Brick, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. You should find yourself a safe house or a relative close by. Lay low for a while, because you're probably wanted for murder. But for just a personal Mount Rushmore, it's not there. But if you were to be like, hey, what's some of Will Ferrell's best? I'd have to say um, Anchorman for top three, easily for Will Ferrell best. So... And then, yeah, great job shouting out Frank the Tank from old school. We're going streaking through the quad and into the gymnasium. Come on, everybody. Come on, Snoop. Snoop-a-loop. snoop No, it's cool. It's cool. I'm cool. Bring, bring your green hat. Let's go. I, man, Anchor, Anchorman, Anchorman 2, I get it. I completely understand. Zoolander 2, I get it. But Zoolander 1, and I mean, that's I know that's a Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson vehicle more than Will Ferrell, but still. Um, and then, and then Anchorman one, like I said, I, I will, I, if I'm not quoting Billy Madison, I'm te- uh, typically quoting Anchorman. Milk was a bad choice. Yeah. Maybe for me, that's just because I don't see Zoolander as a Will Ferrell movie. I honestly would probably see old school as more of a Will Ferrell movie, but maybe that's why, but you know, who knows, Brian, you and I maybe just need to do a Will Ferrell double feature where we watch Zoolander and Anchorman and you can just. Help me fully understand it. Just like I have friends where if I'm going to see a Disney movie, I like to watch it with them just because I know they're they're Disney enthusiasts. So I'll get a better appreciation for it. Before we do move on to talk about the other guys, I do want to mention the fact that I do own a box of Sex Panther cologne that growls when you open it. And it says 60 percent of the time it works every time on the side of the box. Is it like, oh, man, I don't want that like the it smells fine i don't want the panther roar to like ever die is it battery operated uh, hopefully it won't ever it's, die it's like one of those greeting cards you know it's eventually gonna die <laughs> it's it's on its way out already it's it's a couple years old well hopefully brian can maybe take a quick video of that and we'll share that on our instagram or something <laughs> i hope the sound comes through i hope so well for my flick i'm doing the other guys a very i would say an underrated buddy cop cop flick now it was it, they did do a thing at the time it was big to do unrated and you know the theatrical version at the time i thought the unrated one the jokes were great and all that looking back now i'd say just watch the theatrical one if you enjoy it and you want some more jokes and see them push the envelope just to push the envelope then watch the unrated one but 
you know, this film, I'm going to just, I'm going to name drop. Here we go. Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg, even Derek Jeter, uh, Eva Mendez, Michael Keaton, you know, Sam Jackson, The Rock. All right. I'm not even done. You got, let's see here. Damon Wayne. Nine different characters from The Office. Yep. You got Rob Riggle. Hilarious in it. I I can go on and on, but this movie is just full of brilliant, like people at their comedic, like top of their game. If I were a lion and you were a tuna, I would swim out in the middle of the ocean and freaking eat you. Okay, first off, a lion swimming in the ocean? Lions don't like water. If you'd placed it near a river or some sort of fresh water source, that makes sense. But you find yourself in the ocean, 20-foot waves, I'm assuming it's off the coast of South Africa, coming up against a full-grown 800-pound tuna with his 20 or 30 friends, you lose that battle. You lose that battle nine times out of 10. And guess what? You've wandered into our school of tuna, and we now have a taste of lion. We've talked to ourselves. We've communicated and said, you know what? Lion tastes good. Let's go get some more lion. We've developed a system to establish a beachhead and aggressively hunt you and your family. And we will corner your your pride, your children, your How offspring. How are you going to do that? We will construct a series of breathing apparatus with kelp. We will be able to trap certain amounts of oxygen. It's not going to be days at a time, but an hour, hour 45, no problem. That will give us enough time to figure out where you live, go back to the sea, get more oxygen, and then stalk you. You just lost your own game. You're outgunned and outmanned. Did that go the way you thought it was going to go? Nope. Adam McKay, who did this, of course, did Anchorman, Anchorman 2. He did Step Brothers. So he's not, you know, he, but he also does serious films like The Big Short. He worked on Ant-Man as well. You just have brilliant writers, brilliant director, comedic genius cast. And, you know, you got two. It's OK. A cliche two mismatched New York City detectives sees an opportunity to step up since something sadly happens to Sam Jackson and The Rock. It's their turn to shine. And what makes this film great for me is all all of the one-liners. It is extremely quotable, just like Anchorman, just like Billy Madison. This movie has so many great one-liners. This case is talking to us. I'm a peacock, Captain. You gotta let me fly on this one. You know what, Terry? Let's just settle this. Peacocks don't fly. They fly fly a little. They get a real running start. About as much as a penguin. It it hasn't gotten old for me. I still laugh. As a Red Sox fan, I think the parts parts with Derek Jeter are hilarious. (laughs) You shot Jeter. (laughs) So You cost me 20 grand, pal. (laughs) I know Wahlberg as a Red Sox fan, I'm sure, had a great time acting with Jeter and joking with about accidentally shooting him. Will Ferrell, he plays the uptight nerd cop, and Wahlberg plays the let loose, let's get reckless one, and Michael Keaton is their police captain who just keeps quoting TLC. Do me a favor, don't go chasing waterfalls. Is that accidental, or were you trying to quote TLC on purpose? I don't even understand the reference. It's hilarious. If you aren't too familiar with TLC, please get on Spotify and check out TLC. You know, don't go chasing waterfalls with these other groups. Stick to the rivers that you used to, you know, and stick with this group. They're good. You do us proud. 
because I don't want no scrubs. Really? No. You're not aware that's a TLC song? I have no idea what you're talking about. This you said chasing time. waterfalls, now you're saying you don't want no scrubs. I haven't even understood the reference. It's like a tick. I have no idea what you're talking about. Remember, this thing gets messy. We never talked. You trust us? Real quiet. You gotta creep. Creep. Come on. You don't say creep, creep unless you're quoting TLC. And this was during his somewhat renaissance where he kind of faded after Jack Frost and did some flicks here and there. And it was before he did Birdman. So it was during his comeback tour. You know, I love me some Michael Keaton. So, but Michael Keaton as a Bed Bath Beyond employee to to pay for college for his son, who he can't stop talking about. Just the there, like you said, there's some good one-liners. There is some stuff in this film that, even though it was only made like ten years ago, is pretty questionable by today's standards. I don't think it, right. it would get made, but it's it's got some absolutely great one-liners. But for me, the best running joke of the whole thing is how how many attractive women are just obsessed <laughs> with, with, with Will Ferrell's character. Like it's, it's hilarious when, when he when Mark Wahlberg comes over for dinner and meets his wife and he just can't like, he just can't wrap his mind around it. Thank you, Sheila. Bye Terry. Bye Sheila. I'll never forget tonight. Bye Terry. All right, Alan, whatever, go inside. Bye Sheila. Bye. See, you, see you Terry. Bye Sheila. And then they go see the ex-girlfriend and the ex-girlfriend's husband. Like, that scene is hilarious. Yeah, and then you have even the, they're not spies, but, like, the henchmen group. (laughs) There's a beautiful henchman in it, and she's swept up by Will Ferrell. And (laughs) Walker's like, how did, why why does she look at you like that? How did you do that? (laughs) And then I, in the same scene, Wahlberg kicks the gang's butt and does some really great action moves and all that. And just Will Ferrell, like after a little bit goes, did you ever think where you'd be if you didn't shoot Jeter? (laughs) Just really great one-liners. And you can tell they have so much fun with each other. Of course they did the films, daddy home, daddy home too. So you, you can just tell they worked really well with each other. And the chem, the comedic chemistry is definitely there because Mark Wahlberg, you know, you think the departed, you think of serious, um, good vibrations, Mark Wahlberg, you know, and Will Ferrell, you have the humor, but they play very well with each other. Like you said, the Samuel L. Jackson, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, like <laughs> that's uh, the way that all plays out. Like the opening scene is just outrageous and just how everything carries on from there. Uh, Rob Riggle, Rob Riggle makes me laugh. Like I, I love that Holy Moly show on ABC because it's just so <laughs> awful, but Rob Riggle, yeah. Rob Riggle makes me laugh, man. I I still laugh every time with him in 21 Jump Street as the coach. Whoa, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. You got a pass for running around the hallways like a couple of ding-a-lings? You have an exceptional muscle tone there, young man. When did you go through puberty? Like seven or something? Samuel L. Jackson and The Rock, I feel like Adam McKay was just like, I want you guys to have fun with these characters, be way over the top of those hotshot cops that you always see in movies and whatnot who think they can overcome everything and... I remember they're being interviewed and a reporter asked them, was all of this damage worth this like (laughs) small amount? And you just see Sam Jackson use Sam Jackson language, telling him to shut up, like with his reason and logic and all that. And this film does that where it brings up cliches that you see in movies like the explosions 
and how it just launches Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. And they go, God, in movies, they just get up and walk away from it. But that shockwave, oh. It's so it loud. Happens. It's so loud. <laughs> when 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 Will Ferrell tells his backstory, like, it's just so dang outrageous. But Gator. I mean, that's the point. <laughs> That's the point. Did you say America when you when you stomped on the pedal? <laughs> America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. If you get a chance, definitely check this out. Like I said, there's an unrated version. Don't have that be your introduction to it if you can watch the theatrical one. And then if you're feeling spicy, go back and watch the or go and watch the unrated one. Well, we're gonna stick with Farrell and move on to Ricky Bobby and Talladega Nights. NASCAR, is it a very popular sport? Yes. I'm in no way insulting NASCAR racing in any way, Formula One, any of those racings. But, you know, it's, it's, it's not the most popular sport. It's not the NFL. So bravo to Talladega Nights for making a film that got people interested in racing and got people interested in the movie even though it's about racing. So great job to them. And uh, even I will admit this movie brainwashed me, Brian. I, because of Will Ferrell sponsorships, I definitely went and bought a pack of Wonder Bread afterwards. (laughs) Hey, if you don't chew Big Red, then you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the, uh, the... His, his fake, his fake commercials, even like the ones he doesn't like Japanese... They're all so funny. I'm grateful for this movie because it really like solidified John C. Riley for me, just as an absolute comedic genius. I love Cal Naughton in this one, but my favorite line from from Talladega Nights is when the mom screams up to the kids and she goes, "Come down for dinner. I've been slaving over this for hours." And at the table, it's like Taco Bell and Domino's pizza. And man, it makes me laugh. I'm sorry. I'm still <laughs> for all you listeners out there. I had to mute my mic for a second because Brian's. <laughs> if you don't chew big red, um, <laughs> that broke me. <laughs> I forgot about that joke. Uh, yeah, going back to the dinner scene, that scene made me. Oh my god, it makes me so incredibly hungry. And then I love how they're all wearing racing jackets at the dinner table. Chip! Like a spider monkey. What is wrong with you? Chip, I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. Going over to our friends over at IMDb, only a 6.6. I'm not going to lie. I thought this would be higher up. I thought it'd be one of the higher movies as far as ratings go from our listeners out there who rate them. In this, we get Sasha Baron Cohen. You know, at the time, really, a lot of people just knew him from Borat. So, and... Bravo to the filmmakers for, you know, you have a NASCAR movie and then Sasha Baron Cohen, um, <laughs> him and his husband in the film, you know, just good for them for making the jokes that they did and taking the chances they did with the jokes in this movie. I will compromise and just let you say really thin pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, he's, he's sponsored. <laughs> You'll know I meant crepes. But he's sponsored yep. by Perrier, like just, just 
it, it, the entire thing is completely outrageous. And it, it's poking fun at the NASCAR community while embracing the NASCAR community all at the same time that it's going to. And that's what a good parody film always does. I remember there's two things from the trailer that I, I still thought were funny when we got to the movie theater. And the first is when he stabs himself in the leg when he thinks he's paralyzed. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you put that on us. You are not paralyzed. I am so paralyzed. No, no, no. Rough on him now. No, he needs to know. Okay. He's always crying. Yeah, tough love it is. Tough love. Wake up, idiot. You want to know what I am? You want to see what my life is? Don't, huh? don't, don't do it. You want to see what's going on here? Don't you stick that knife in your leg. Um, and then the second is when there's a cougar in the car. <laughs> that one makes me laugh. And he, he gets in the car with the cougar and he's like, it ripped up my crystal Gale shirt. <laughs> oh yeah. And then even like, um, the actor Gary Cole, who plays Ricky Bobby's dad. Oh man. Like when he walks out on them at dinner, his mom, you know, the incredibly funny and hilarious Jane Lynch when he walks out on them at dinner and then at the end when Ricky Bobby leaves him the tickets for the race. Oh man, you get them. so mad at him. I it's totally in character. Totally in character. But oh man, when he just does the smile and you're like, oh he's turning a new lead. Nope. Scalping the tickets. Okay, well there goes that. <laughs> yeah, I I love Amy Adams in this movie. I think she actually really fits in. I really, I, I think she does a good job, but when honestly, my favorite part of the movie is when Jane Lynch turns around the two boys and turns them into like respectful young men. <laughs> I, I love when she's like, I've had enough and they're squirting the hose in the house and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Jane Lynch, Jane Lynch is a, uh, is a treasure of this film. I didn't even, it took me several years to realize it was even her. Like I was well into glee before I even put two and two together, but you know, I'm not good at that stuff, Mark. You heard it right here, fans. Brian watched Glee. I'm not judging him because I also oh, I watched Glee. I'll yep. admit it. I, did, I didn't watch the college years, so was, I'll admit. I didn't, I, didn't. They, I didn't know they went to college. I, I, I tapped out on Glee before it was over, but I enjoyed the first three seasons. Yeah. Yep. And then we can't move on without talking about Jack McBrayer from, for all of you 30 Rock fans, remember him. <laughs> So he, I just, I love it when Amy Adams is giving the motivational speech about the car and the Panther and how strong Ricky Bobby is. And then <laughs> Glenn, poor Glenn. And this car and this cougar, which symbolizes the fear that you have overcome, it's all there for you. Ricky, this car is like your Excalibur. The mighty sword that King Arthur used to bring together the Knights of the Round Table until Lancelot betrayed him by laying with his queen in the biblical sense. Okay, Glenn, everything cool that Susan said, you wrecked it. Tries to add on to it, but just just kind of ruins the, the atmosphere <laughs> in the moment. And they like to motivate Ricky Bobby. They say how like he passed away and he's poking around the corner, smiling. And he's like, I, I can see Glenn. He's right over there. Rest in peace to Michael Clark Duncan. Most people know oh. him. Most most people know him as as the guy from Green Mile. Um, I he's such a great actor. And I will admit this, Mark. Like before the Harry Potter movies came out, 
he is what I pictured as Hagrid being was was Michael Clark Duncan, just a Ooh. big strong black guy that just yeah like I love his character so much his deep voice don't you put that evil on me Ricky Bobby don't you do it <laughs> yeah Michael Clark Duncan I such a wonderful actor you know you got him in Armageddon the Green Mile fun fact Green Mile was the first movie that ever made me cry and then he also played Kingpin I think we're not man I don't I'm not gonna say which one was better him or Vincent D'Onofrio but he was a really good kingpin in the Ben Affleck Daredevil. Watch the Ben Affleck director's cut Daredevil. It's better. Anyways, um, so, but yeah, Michael Clark Duncan, hilarious in it. You could see he had so much comedy. He did a film with Matthew Perry and Bruce Willis called The Whole Nine Yards, where he also got to show his comedy in that. I, we can't gloss over this. Either you're dead inside or you saw The Green Mile before you saw The Lion King. You didn't I'm, cry when Mufasa died? I don't remember crying during it. I want to say maybe I was too young, but I, I, aren't I older than you, Brian? I don't know. Um, Mark, <laughs> the Green Mile is the first man when Goose died. Uh, well, we already talked about how. <laughs> I know I, I think, wanted to bring it up. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. Like I, I get why, like grown men get the chills, but I, I think they could have milked Goose death a little bit more to make it just like rip it out there and eject it from the cockpit heartbreaking but yeah the green mile oh man tom hanks oh the guards crew starting to cry and michael Clark duncan and tom hanks shake hands oh tears yeah armageddon there's another tearjerker maybe we should do like a tearjerker episode like who hurt you episode what so. what makes grown men cry <laughs> now brian and i might not be the best definition of what makes grown men cry or examples of them but yeah, that could be a fun <laughs> episode stay tuned it still holds up still hilarious so check out talladega nights for sure i brian are you surprised we haven't gotten a talladega night too um i mean depending on the or when you look at the success of anchorman 2 and zoolander 2 i don't think i want it oh Good call. I was, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Bringing up how well-received those were. Yeah. I, I feel like we'd get an elf too before a Talladega night too. I think we'd also get a stepbrothers too, before we got Talladega nights too. I'm there for that. I'm good for that. I'm still waiting for the other, other guys. We just need a movie called the Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> just give me, give me Adam Scott, Rob Riggle, and then John C. <laughs> Riley and Will Ferrell, just the four of them just follow them around with a camera. <laughs> even a limited series maybe or something <laughs> <laughs> for hbo max give me a call adam mckay <laughs> you know brian is standing by i'll happily assist with it as well call us up at united we fan if you need any um i know you guys are just hurting for comedic material so let us know if we can help i want to cross over i want to cross over wedding crashers and like i want to cross over bradley cooper and his group of maryland football players with the Catalina wine mixer and just see what happens. Rage. Anger. <laughs> um, Crap so much cakes the, and football. That's what Maryland does. <laughs> well, <clears throat> we're going to circle. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to circle on back to Adam Sandler and we can't go on without talking about, 
Brian Random Rushmore. The game where everything's made up and the points don't matter. Favorite movie presidents. Go, Brian, go, since it relates to recent events. Who are your top four movie presidents of all time? Random Rushmore. Go, Brian, go. Movie presidents? Uh, Bill Pullman from Independence Day. Okay. Uh, four times. Um, no. Well, uh, oh, man. Uh, movie presidents. to say we celebrate our Independence Day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, movie presidents. Mm. Um, first kid's dad with the Sinbad movie. Does he count? I don't know. I can't even remember the guy's name playing him. No, that doesn't count. <laughs> I don't even know if I can even picture his face. Um, man, this is actually really hard for me. Would you like me to bail you out and buy you some time and name mine? Yes. Okay. Well, I am going to go with Bill Pullman from Independence Day. Absolutely. And... I, you know, get I off really my like, plane that obviously is on there. Yeah, Harrison Ford's on mine. And then Andrew Shepard, played by Michael Douglas from The American President, he's in there. And then, honestly, for me, this was really hard because for my last one, it was either Morgan Freeman from Deep Impact or Dave Kovic, Kevin Klein from Dave. And then even Jack Nicholson from Mars Attack. I'm not forgetting you, Jack. Don't worry. But you know what? I... Oh, man. I don't know if I want to go Morgan Freeman from Deep Impact. You know what? I really love Dave. So I'll go Kevin Klein from Dave with my just missing it, Morgan Freeman from Deep Impact. So, okay. So I'm going to stick with Bill Pullman um, from Independence Day. Uh, President okay. Whitmore. I'm going to go obviously with President Marshall from Air Force One and Har- as Harrison Ford. Um, Air Force One. I don't know if I have even seen Dave. If I have, it's been a really long time. I think uh, I'll go with with Deep Impact. Morgan Freeman. Um, okay. I don't know the president's name in that particular movie. Um, <laughs> Jack Nicholson yeah. in Mars Attacks. Man, I forgot about that one. Uh, I think the last one I'm going to go with is Love Actually and Billy Bob Thornton. Because it's one of the few movie presidents that I can remember. What? Like I like, you're... I like Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, but one of your favorite. You're not even gonna go Aaron Eckhart from like Olympus Has Fallen or like Jamie Fox. I could go with Jamie White... Fox in White House Down. I don't hate that. I like his sense of style and his shoe collection. You could even go Morgan Freeman from Angel Has Fallen. If, if West Wing is off the table, then no, I'm oh. gonna stick with Billy Bob Thornton. Wow. The sleazeball president. Brian, you heard it here. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for playing my first ever random Rushmore for Brian. So I was glad to start him off with a stumper. Ka-chow. Yeah, that one was not easy. All right. Going back to the topic of the episode, we're going to talk some happy Gilmore. And we're just going to tap this one in. Just tap it in. Happy Gilmore. Uh, speaking of Talladega Nights, you know, with making nascar popular racing popular getting people to come and watch it golf very popular not putting golf down in any way i am a huge fan of mini golf <laughs> he's laughing he's having a good time good for you yeah laugh it up enjoy your night <laughs> come on happy concentrate fight <laughs> that clown easy if you can't beat the clown, how are you going to beat Shooter McGavin? 
good for the filmmakers here in Adam Sandler for getting people to who enjoy golf, who enjoy Adam Sandler, to enjoy them both at the same time. And once again, like the other films, great one-liners, still quotable. People still bring it up. I know when I go mini-golfing and I just miss it, I definitely walk up to it and I'm like, just tap it in. Just tap it in. It's your so, home. Are you too good for your home? <laughs> and definitely younger me. Uh, Dad, if you're listening, I do apologize for quite often. Now, I hadn't watched Happy Gilmore yet, but doing the getting very frustrated on a golf course, like whenever I couldn't get the ball in the hole and I would want to throw my golf club and do a Billy Madison. Yeah. So, Dad, thank you for putting up with a very passionate mini golfer in me. Here comes the putter throw. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think, I don't think the golf community was quite as grateful for this movie as Talladega Nights and NASCAR, probably. But because what, what person has not been to a driving range and tried the run up? And I mean, it's a rule at Top Golf that you can't do it, and if they catch you doing it, you're, you're out. But um, I think we've all, we've all tried it. But the existence of Bob Barker in this film is amazing. Uh, I, I love, I love his boss that has the nail still stuck in his head. Like <laughs> that, that part makes me laugh. I talk about the cold cut combo fairly regularly, but I, I love Julie Bowen. Like, and I mean, what friends don't listen to endless love in the dark? I mean, come on. It's endless love. The guy yeah. driving the Zamboni singing it like it all, I don't know why, but I remember that from my childhood. <laughs> So whenever I do randomly get the cold cut combo, not my most go-to at Subway. Eat fresh. I didn't realize that I order it that way. I'm like, what are you going to have? I'll have a foot long on week cold cut combo. <laughs> so <clears throat> thank you for helping me remember that. I eat one every day to help keep me strong. You also got Chubbs, Carl Weathers, Mandalorian fans, Rocky fans, Predator fans. Carl Weathers is in this and... His poor hand. <laughs> you you took Chubb's hand. <laughs> You've got one eye. Remember that gator that got your hand? I got his head. <laughs> but I, I, man, my favorite part of that movie, like I said, I love the Bill Barker or the Bob Barker part. Yes. And, uh, and then when he walks away and he's still boxing, getting, keeping in shape, like I love that. But I, I absolutely love the part where he goes into the batting cages and he goes, 364 more days to next year's hockey tryouts. I got to toughen up. And then the kid, like, watches him do it. So then when Chubbs is talking to him and we're getting the entire, which I also quote every single year, the Masters comes around, gold jacket, green jacket. Who gives a crap? But <laughs> you get the kid inside the batting cage and he takes one to the chest and he just he's down. And it's so funny. I just love it because they even have him like when the ball like first you have the ball making impact noise and then you have him going down like oh <laughs> like the Wilhelm scream from Star Wars. <laughs> Shooter McGavin, you know Christopher McDonald is hilarious. He just is horrible with sayings and insults and <laughs> yeah, Grizzly Adams had a beard. Grizzly Adams did have a beard. That random guy. Oh, the lady. Oh, and you got Ben Stiller in this. We can't yeah, forget so Ben you, Stiller. You beat me to it. You beat me to it. Yeah. And then, you know, we found out Aaron Rodgers is a huge Billy Madison, Ben Stiller fan with 
<laughs> their mustache love. So he regrets that all the time. <laughs> yeah, I and and we we told you about this a long time ago when we reviewed Hubie Halloween. I am yeah. officially spoiling it where you get his character back as the orderly at the insane asylum at the beginning of Hubie Halloween. I love Ben Stiller in this movie. Okay, listen up, everybody. Turn up your volumes. Announcement. I got good news. We're extending arts and crafts time by four hours today. My fingers hurt. What's that? My fingers hurt. Oh, well, oh. now your back's gonna hurt because you just pulled landscaping duty. My favorite Bernie Sanders meme that we got this past week was Bernie sitting at the old folks' home with Ben Stiller as the orderly telling him he got landscaping duty. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Mister! Mister! <laughs> you know that Mister Mister lady? I think I just killed her. <laughs> so, oh, can we just talk about how nice Grandma's house is? Oh, man. Like, I love Grandma's house. <laughs> and then we oh. get... <laughs> <laughs> then we get Chubbs, Abraham Lincoln, and the alligator in the sky waving <laughs> at the very, very end. Great job, Happy. <laughs> <laughs> the film is great, although I, I don't I don't know if it's just the jobs I've had, but when the people are climbing the scaffolding at the end, and I know we needed to set up Billy or sorry, Happy being great with trick shots and mini golfing. But when they're climbing the scaffolding and bring the tower down, I'm like, okay, come on. There's no golf security. We wouldn't have stopped this. <sighs> I don't know why, but I, 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 maybe it's just like I said with the, the jobs I've had. I'm like, oh, come on. Somebody would have stepped in and stopped those hooligans. And then, you know, of course, in the beginning, he's the hockey player. And what, what is it? Yeah, I'm. The only guy to ever take a skate off and chase after to someone. stab somebody. <laughs> Try to stab someone. <laughs> it's, it's a record. <laughs> you brought him up, Shooter McGavin. Like, mm-hmm. what's the actor's name? Chris McDonald? Yep. Like, I genuinely, he's Shooter McGavin. And you can find him on Cameo or all these other places. Like, that poor guy has been boxed in and he is only Shooter McGavin. Just stay out of my way or you'll pay. Listen to what I say. How about I just go eat some hay? I can make things out of clay and lay by the bay. I just may. What do you say? And my kids are watching, I guess there's some Netflix movie that's a spinoff of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Yep. Like I think it's yep. called We Are Heroes, I think is what it's called. But he comes wandering on screen and my kids are watching it. And I was just like, shoot it. And my kids were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> With- <laughs> Brian, you need to train these or raise these kids right if they don't know Shooter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's their mother. That's the reason they don't know that one yet. Oh, well, all right. Well, I'm not going to open that can, so. You're in big trouble, though, pal. I eat pieces of like you for breakfast. <laughs> you eat pieces of for breakfast? No. Whenever I'm mini golfing and I get something, I do the poo poo. But of course, <laughs> probably no one gets it except for that one guy on the far far course. It's like, ah, happy Gilmore, rock on. <laughs> like I said, I think the golf community kind of frowns at this movie, where NASCAR doesn't really frown at Talladega Nights as much. You know, I mean, Brian, do you have a? I feel like this episode's Mount Rushmore heavy, but I don't care. Whatever. Hopefully, you guys like them. Do you have a Mount Rushmore golf movie? Legend of Bagger, I, I, Legend of Bagger Vance is absolutely on there. I like that movie a lot. 
Uh, Happy Gilmore definitely is on there. I don't love Tin Cup. I don't like it that much. That's fine. There's one big golf movie that you're forgetting, though. What is that? Caddyshack. He's about 455 yards away. He's going to hit about a two iron, I think. Well, you got all of that. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. You know, I think I'll go Happy Gilmore, Caddyshack, The Greatest Game Ever Played. It's a, a Shia LaBeouf, Bill Paxton directed a film. And then um, I don't know if I'm going to give it to The Legend of Bag of Vance. I know Will Smith and Matt Damon, Charlie Theron don't talk too highly of it. It is a Robert Redford directed film. Tin Cup. I like to, you know, I'll go with The Legend of Beggar Vance for my fourth one. I'll go with that. I don't know why. I don't know why it has such a bad rap. I, I very much enjoy it um, every time I watch it. You know, I need to revisit that. That's a good one. So, yeah, there you go. There's Mark and Brian's Mount Rushmore of golf movies. Yeah, I mean, you almost have to consider Caddyshack, too, just because there's not very I many of them. But no I, would, no, I would no not uh, throw that on there. No, no one's going to bring up Caddyshack, too. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, shame on you. for <laughs> Brian, time out. Put on the coma shame. <laughs> that concludes this episode. We thank you, fellow fans, for uniting with us. For those listeners who want to get in touch with the show, please, please do so. Let us know some of your hot takes and your own personal Mount Rushmore's. Brian, tell our listeners how they can message the show and stay up to date on everything UWF. You can find us on Instagram at UnitedWeFan underscore podcast, or you can shoot us an email at UnitedWeFanPodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook at UnitedWeFanThePodcast. Yeah, check us out. Our Facebook group is or our Facebook page is definitely growing. So thank you for everyone who likes it, follows it. We like to stay keep you up to date with all new episodes, fun polls. So fan out with us on them. Thank you again and listen to us where you check out your podcasts. Till we unite again, fans. Remember what Mark Wahlberg and the other guys says about being yourself. If someone's a peacock, then you gotta let them fly. I'm Ricky Bobby. If you don't chew big red, then f*** you.